0: Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Harry, to my Marv, is Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing?
1: Uh, as always, back for more punishment. Uh, that summarizes the end of the Seahawks season quite well.
0: And our very own Mr. Hector. <laughs> <laughs> did, you want to be, did you want to be pigeon lady instead, Eric? Uh, I did you thought, want to pigeon lady? I thought for sure I was going to be like Biff or something. So No, no. Not Tim Curry, dude, Mister Hector. He's very suspicious of Kevin, and for Tim, good reason. and for good reason. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Well, I Ish.
2: I think that scene with the uh, you know <laughs> you've been smooching everybody. I think that was a callback to the Rocky Horror Picture Show because the way Tim Curry plays it is just so funny. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, so, sir, you must be mistaken.
0: All right, so <laughs> now that we've had fun, let's let's uh, let's get to the uh, let's get to the not fun. Uh, this week the Seahawks played a football game, and guys, I just want you to know that uh, I brought I brought some uh, some support for today's uh, today's podcast. So here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, your emotional support, canned water. Is uh, that- this, not not an ad, not an ad. Uh, I'm drinking Hysteria Heritage Distilling Company Easy Peasy Lemon Squeezy, uh, which is a craft cocktail ready to enjoy. Um, if you want it to become an ad, Heritage Distilling Company, if you're listening, uh, just send me free stuff. I'll do I'll do this every week. Not a sponsor, could be. Not a sponsor, but I I, was, I could I could do this every week because uh, I'm not enjoying watching <laughs> watching <laughs> these games anymore. So it's it, kid, it's not, I'm actually having a hot buttered rum right now, so this is perfect. It's it's not it's not I'm not having a. Gr- I'm not having a great time watching these football games, and you know what? It sucks too because all of the post game talk. Let's just get this out of the way. All the post game talk is about this guy. Let's ride. And you know, I I understand why. I understand why it's about let's run. because you know he used to be our quarterback, and the way he left the team was really um. What's the what's the right word I'm thinking? Sideways. It, be well, it
1: sideways. was not.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. He forced his way out. Like it was like. He and he kicked a. He kind of trashed us on the way out the door. You know, I, it's going to be good to play behind a great offensive line. I'm never going to get sacked anymore. I'm not I sure what carry. Russ was
1: cooking for those last couple of years, but apparently it had a lot of jerk seasoning.
0: And, and yeah, it's real satisfying that on the Nickelodeon Splatcast, <laughs> yes. uh, Patrick Patrick Starr was was telling Russell was Wilson trolling he, that,
1: Russell Wilson. Oh, it was bad. Yeah.
0: And it was 5114. Baker Mayfield is now the joins the illustrious Mitchell Trubisky on the NVP list. But <laughs> another funny thing too is everyone on Twitter was complaining. They were like, Why can't we vote for Russell Wilson for NVP?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> they,
0: <laughs> they were gonna troll the award by giving it to him. So but yeah, every every Reddit post is about the Russell Wilson trade and everything. And you know what? It's great. It's great when I go to Tankathon.com slash NFL and I look, and we have the third pick in the draft and a really good chance to get to stay there or maybe even improve our position because Denver plays two playoff teams in the next two weeks. But like, yeah, also we're Seahawks fans. Like we need to stop. It's over now. It's over. That was it. That was the last game. I feel like, I mean, I was very invested because it was a big difference. We, was a difference between the, like a top three pick and a top 10 pick. Right. And so, yeah, I was very invested in us beating our uh, Denver, losing to the Rams from this point forward. They can do whatever they want. Like it, it doesn't really affect us that much. They're not gonna beat they're not gonna beat Kansas City playing for the one seed. Can they're, I bring up a gonna, positive here? <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna beat Los Angeles fighting to beat to pass Baltimore for for a better seed. They're not that's not it's not going to happen. So I'm I'm yeah, I'm good I'm good with it. Like we're it's over. I can stop
1: thinking about let's run. Bring the focus back to the Seahawks though. I would like to thank them for uh waiting until what week 14 to start having the season that we thought we were going to have to ingest the entire season. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the Seahawks, this season was, I mean, okay. We're I thought the seven whole season f- was going to feel like this and that was not going to be fun at all. We were seven and five.
0: And I think at that point, all of us would have said like, Hey, we have a pretty good shot at making a, uh, making the playoffs. And since then, we, you know, we've lost the three consecutive games and we lost every game against the NFC South. And we'll look back at that season, I think, and think, you know, man, these kids really should have done more, right? They should have, they should have made the playoffs, but they didn't. Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. You guys want to do that now? Well, let's do that now. I, th- let's, I think nine let's- and eight's on the board. Let's let you know what? Let's go, let's go, uh, let's go forward and we'll come back to the game against the Chiefs because right. I can only talk about Chris Jones and his smelly gloves just pushing our middle of our offensive line into the dirt for so long. So, so, uh, let's go. You guys know about Chris Jones' smelly gloves, right? Yeah,
1: about yeah, okay. I, I've
0: talked about it, I've talked about it on this podcast before, but he does not change his gloves because it's a, like a luck thing. It's um, also um, that's also why he's so gross. Good. It also right, makes um, his hands
1: use- to the face especially effective.
0: We're going to use 538's playoff playoff chances, uh, odds, their ELO thing, which honestly hates the Seahawks quite a bit, much more than any other advanced stat site. Even FPI, the ESPN one, which does not like us, does not hate us as much as the 538 ELO. Um, That being said, um, it's what we're going to use because they have a really neat way. You can just plug in wins and losses and see how it changes the odds, which is fun. So... Uh, Seahawks right now are seven and eight. Um they have a tw- according to this, they have a twenty-seven percent chance to make the playoffs. So let's go through the rest. We're gonna go through the key matchups, pick wins and losses, and see how that affects our playoff odds. So let's start with the Seahawks themselves. The Seahawks in week 17 are going to face Mike White, his busted up ribs, and the New York Jets at home.
1: Why Eric, start-
0: Eric, I'll start with you. What do you think about this matchup between Seahawks and the Jets? This
2: is the only game that I was I had as a toss up towards the end of the season that I thought we might have trouble winning. Now I feel like this is like the only slam dunk we have left. And I think we, again, I don't think there's any game we should win. I think we have a chance of winning this game.
0: It it does feel like they're going the wrong, the wrong direction. It does it not? It
2: feels better than the Rams game where the Rams are like, Oh my gosh, what's happening with the Rams They're They're playing better. Like I'm not, I'm not scared of any opponent because I don't really have any hope in the playoffs, but I'm like, OK, we're going to lose. You know, we just lost to Kansas City. The I have a little really hope tough.
0: The, the absolutely fraudulent Minnesota Vikings are still <laughs> st- still holding on to that two seed. So so that's that's good. Barely winning every game by Barely three points winning. or less. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, okay.
2: I like it against the Jets. I think the Jets are definitely a team on the decline right now
0: yeah okay so jets are are trending down jets have lost 4 in a row to our 3 in a row yeah they were they were 7 and 4 looking like they were probably a shoe in for the wild card now they're on the outside looking in just like us uh there it's pretty much them or miami right like for that for that last one. I mean, yeah. people are saying pittsburgh could make sneak in which would be cuz we talked about this before the season pittsburgh they're not good but the infrastructure is good and so, like, and, I, and it kind of, it kind of bore out, which makes me proud of myself for that take. Um, so they're not going to suck. They're just like us. They're not going to suck be, totally because the infrastructure is great. So, um, okay, let's let's start with Seahawks Jets. So, uh, Kevin, what do you think?
1: Uh, Seahawks I or Jets? I think that I think the Seahawks should be able to win that one at home.
0: All right, and Eric, you think we'll be able to eliminate the Jets from the playoff? Yeah, that's what it takes.
2: That's like right. Kevin said; it's a home game. Cannot is... underestimate
1: the Geno uh, revenge game factor. Yeah.
0: All right. So what? Uh, I I agree. And the Pete Carroll revenge game factor. I think that there is Ooh, a uh, there's a there's a good shot here that the uh, Seahawks pull off the win against the Jets. They seem to be trending the wrong way, uh, kind of falling apart. I the Mike White injury thing's tough because I think if he was fully healthy, they they'd give us a real run for our money, but. That's uh, that's that's over now. All right, let's go over some of the other teams that we're competing with. You guys ready? Uh, their games. The Washington Commanders have a home game against the Cleveland Browns. Kevin, what do you think?
1: I think that Washington should be able to beat the Browns.
0: Oh, by the way, when we beat the Jets, our playoff odds went to 42%. Uh, Eric, do you agree? Commanders over Browns? Uh, commanders are a good team in the sense that they have a good defense and they
2: uh, have some good skill players this is a toss-up I'm not going to say it's definitely commanders uh, with Deshaun Watson getting his hands on the ball uh, I think that it's a toss-up this is a chance for us to climb into the Car- playoff
1: picture they C- lost Carson- New Orleans I don't think that Car- New Orleans is worse than Washington
0: Carson Wentz is the uh is going to be the quarterback? Does oh, he imp-
1: is. That makes it worse. uh
0: Yeah, uh they
1: they had they, ha- they didn't benched- throw it to McLaurin.
0: Okay, so they benched Heineke last game, oh, no. and then and then Wentz came in. And Ron Rivera has not named a starter yet, but he said,
1: "I really liked how Carson Wentz played." Ah. That makes one person two, if you count Wentz's mom. Um, <laughs> I knew Wentz I- was playing this game. Um, And
2: I know, Kevin, that the Browns uh, lost to the Saints, but the Browns are getting better every week. It's like the strength of Tiny Tim.
0: So what do we? Okay, let's take a vote. Let's do a vote. We got three people. So we got three votes. Kevin, uh, who's going to win? The Manders or the Browns? I'll take the commies. All right. Eric? I'll take the Browns because it's fun to pick opposite. The Browns or the Reds? You really wanted to make me make a decision, huh? You're a son of a gun. Okay, uh, (laughs) I'm going to go with – I'll go with the the Manders. And uh, that win will put us down to a 34% chance of making the playoffs. The Packers, yeah, that's right. They're still in it. The Packers will face the Minnesota Vikings at home. Eric, is the Pack back?
2: Honestly, I think they're back but against the Vikings – this is like a Vikings revenge game for decades and decades of hurt and pain. I, I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Vikings. They they can't fall apart this bad, can they? Meaning think the, meaning just lose one game that will affect only us. As Vi-
0: you said I think that the Vikings Kirk are Got worse. I think the Vikings are absolutely fraudulent. I'm gonna take. <laughs> I'm gonna take the Packers, Kevin. Break the tie. It's up to you.
1: I am going to take. Oh man, both these teams are so fraudulent.
0: I think the Packers have actually been playing pretty good the last last four weeks or whatever that's win streak they've been three
1: weeks. I'm gonna take the Packers just because it is such a big game that there's no way Cousins won't choke it away. It's oh. and it's oh. it is
0: in it is in Lambeau. This lowered our it playoff odds back down
1: of Lambeau
0: field. back down to 24. percent The Lions at home against the Bears. Tricked you, I tricked you. Uh, Lions, Bears. I think that the The Chicago football Bears, the Lions, should win this game. But the way they've played lately, that is uh, that is far, far from a guarantee. Uh, They lost to Carolina last week, (laughs) so I'm going to pick the Bears, and that will eliminate the Lions from playoff contention. Uh, Do you guys? Do you guys? uh, Do you guys dig that? I disagree. I also oh, you, so. I take the Lions. All right. All right. There's no way
2: that the Lions will both miss, like have a chance at putting us in the playoffs
0: and giving us a better draft pick. Weird, weirdly enough, that put our playoff odds up to 2 percent to 24. Um, there's one team left, the New York football Giants. The Giants face the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> at home. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and click win for the Giants. That puts them in the playoffs and lowers us down to 15%. Every day and I think, Saturday. And I think what this shows is that our road is pretty narrow. We need help. We can't just win this game against the Jets. It's not enough. We need other teams also to lose. Uh, we need We need some help. So, okay, let's go to the following week. We've got the uh, Giants game no longer matters for us. I'll give them a win. They have clinched a playoff spot in our scenarios here. Packers against Lions in Lambeau. I'm taking the Lions.
2: <laughs> Come on, dude. have you? It's hard, man. I I get where Kevin's at because the Lions are so much fun. I gotta take the Packers. I gotta. Take I also the gotta take the
0: Packers. Like the Lions.
1: I okay, think the so Packers better. <laughs>
0: All right. So now we are at Packers at 9 and 8. We've got Lions at 8 and 9. Commanders against Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Ugh. smokes them fighting. Fi- Dal- Dallas fighting for that last playoff spot. All right. And uh if we beat the Rams, guess what? In this scenario, the Packers would be the last playoff team if the Lions won. Uh it would be us. So we need to root for the Lions. So that's a big one for us because the Lions and us, we have the tiebreaker.
1: Yeah, We need the Packers to lose at least one of the last two games. Yep.
0: They, cause they have a lot of tiebreakers. Is that
1: really us. what we're like? So I guess let's
2: put it together now. Do we have a guide of what we need to root for? Like two games every week? Or is it so just we just
1: need to root need against the Packers. Packers. More than we they need
0: help? to, we need to win both our games. Yep. We need the Packers and the commanders to lose a game each whatever that looks like what's so harder we need, the, <laughs> we need the packers and commanders to go one and one and we need to win both our games which is so fully
1: that's, on the list of things that could happen but definitely on the, a the narrow road
0: it's, it's on the table it's just it's we need two teams to go one and one we need to win both our games it doesn't really matter what the giants do uh if the lions win both their games and we win both our games we we do we uh we get there okay so because we have because we beat the lions so there you go. That's okay. that's, what, that's what you can start thinking
1: about. So here's the question. For, uh, Seahawks win their last two games, miss the playoffs on tiebreakers. How do you feel?
0: Uh, Pretty bad. I, I'm going to feel bad. I think that would suck. That's like the worst case scenario, I feel like. Because I just want – if we're going to miss the playoffs, like go ahead and knock it all the way down to like seven and – Seven and ten, and and let us be the tenth pick, like round ten.
1: Okay. Yeah. Also, it's
0: you can look back
2: at three games a season at least, and say we should have won that game,
0: and so losing out on tiebreakers is like, that's insult to injury. It will be absolutely brutal for sure, from an emotional standpoint. So, yeah, it's um, it's tough. It's tough. It's you look backwards at it and you think there is just so many games we should have won. And and we just barely lost a lot of them, right? We lost them a lot of them by one score. <clears throat> I mean, some of that is garbage time, touchdowns and I stuff. I would argue
1: but... the whole season's garbage time, but
0: you know. Ooh. Get that. Yes. All right. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of garbage time, then Gino, <laughs> so let's go. Let's go. Let's go right to Kansas City and the offense. Gino has had a tough go of it the last three weeks, putting up three of his worst performances of the season. And really has not been the same for the last five weeks. So my question for you guys is: Has this changed your perception? I'll start with this, Eric. Has this changed your perception on re-signing Gino? Um,
2: I would have said two weeks ago when there was all the um, all the talk of, or I'm sorry, at the at the beginning of our losing streak, you know, where what uh, four out of five games we've lost since the bye week, and uh, one of my coworkers was like, "Oh, you know, Gino's fallen back, uh, falling back down to earth," and I was like. I don't know. I think if you look at his offensive line and you look at this defense, we're still still scoring. Gino's still putting up better numbers than a lot of quarterbacks out there in a down quarterback year. Um, I still think we have to re-sign him, only because we are going to have a top five pick, at least. There should be at least one quarterback that's available to draft, but uh, from what I'm hearing, and you guys can correct me on this, because you know, certainly know more about the you know draft class than I do, but there's no like immediate game changer at quarterback to draft. There's no Andrew Luck, uh, even an RG three or a Russell Wilson. Um, it's someone that would need to kind of, you know, suck for a couple of mm-hmm. years or take some notes on the sideline. Um, and,
1: and if there was know. Houston is taking them. Exactly.
2: So um, it's as big as a quarterback draft that this is. It's not something where it's like, Oh, you you know,
0: there's going to be a bunch of franchise players, like this- you know, three in the <clears> first <throat> 10 picks. This happen. quarterback this quarterback draft feels like the one that was headed by Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence didn't exist. Like those other next tier of quarterbacks, Mac Jones, uh Justin, Field, Fields, yeah, Justin Fields, Justin Fields, uh, uh the guy that the Wilson, 49ers inexplicably uh, drafted, Zach Wilson, uh, even Davis Mills. Like they those types of guys are on the board. Like that these these high high upside guys um, guys that the thing is is that like you got three quarters of a Trevor Lawrence on a couple guys but none of them are sh- none of them are a sure thing like people thought Lawrence was now it took Lawrence a while to get there but I think anyone now would say he's probably the best quarterback in that class at this point the way Jacksonville's playing lately and just the way that he has really started to come along under Doug Peterson uh, escaping the the uh, suck vortex of Urban Meyer <laughs> uh has really moved him through tim ford uh okay so so yeah the quarterback thing's tough like do you do you want to take one of these quarterbacks all of them have things that you can like say oh no i'm not i'm worried about that or i'm worried about that and so it's it's tough it's tough to decide like do i want to to take that risk but i mean i would say since week eight really gino has not been um excellent since week eight against the giants where he was like throwing darts He's just been, he's been solid. He's been, he hasn't been bad. I'm not saying that either. Right. He's just, he's just been, you know, plugging along slightly above average, uh, making more mistakes than he made at the beginning of the season. Uh, just, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to, to know, Kevin, would you, are you, uh, are you, do you think Eric, we just kind of have to resign him at this point or is it uh is it someone is, are you willing to let it go? I guess.
1: Uh, I think that re-signing him would be a good move. Um, it's not even that, like, it's necessitated by circumstance. It's the type of deal that he's probably going to command after showing flaws, but also showing he's a capable NFL starter, is a deal that I'm pretty comfortable with. Like, it'll be, like, two pretty well-guaranteed years, we could probably cut him after the second year for a reasonable number and he's going to make like in the 30 million range for I mean it was year. like
0: what week 9 or week 10 where I was like Gino for MVP why not right and then now I think that there's no one we found out why not like, <laughs>
1: there's there, there's
0: no one that would be like hey Gino for MVP I mean of the season I think uh he's ha- he had his lowest QBR game last game and then he's had like two of his lowest f- or three of his lowest five for the season are in the last 3 weeks He's just played his way out of that conversation, and yeah. he's not playing. He's not playing horrible. I mean, I, 85.9, 90.9, These are good NFL ratings. I think it's he's not, better than I expected him to be.
1: Yeah, he's still he's still playing. He's still playing pretty good. I'm. Well, I even mean, this throwing, last game, he was twenty-five for forty with five point four yards per attempt, playing with a brick of ice as the ball, and with the offensive line sputtering. And we all know and, pressures and the no, big thing they usually have trouble with.
0: And no run game to relieve the pressure. Let's let's make not that until the abundan- second half. Yeah, abundantly clear is that you know a way you can relieve the pressure when those when those guys are just pinning their ears back and, and collapsing is you can get the run game going, and I mean our rushing game was was not awesome in this game until like Kevin said we started to get get it going in the second half, but it well, just took so long. And I think
1: it's no coincidence <clears throat> that the fall off of our run game coincides with uh, the fall off of Gino in the passing game. Like, it's not that we are running play action off everything. It's defenses had a chance to adjust to the fact that um, we were able to throw it kind of all over the field, uh, predicated off of the uh, threat that the run game presented. And when the run game stopped presenting a threat, like we're one of the worst teams in the NFL at being stopped for zero or negative yards on rushes. Like uh, our stuff rate is miserable. And we've talked about when you're throwing shorter passes, you can't afford to get behind the stick. Like look at the first drive. What happened? K9 got the ball, got a nice long run. It got called back on a penalty. We got behind the sticks. We couldn't make up for it. And then they responded by marching the ball down the field and scoring. And the game looks completely different. Why? Because we are kind of playing that dink and dunk style. Where we have to do a lot of perfect passing, especially yeah. with Tyler out, because Tyler is mm. such a sure handed receiver that, you know, relies on. Yeah, the Seahawks get stuffed on
0: 22 percent of runs. Uh, NFL average is 18 percent, but that rank is 30th in the league. Yep. So it's, miserable. It's miserable. Yeah, we get yeah. stuffed quite a bit. Teams that teams that get stuffed more than us. Jacksonville. And of course, the fraudulent Minnesota Vikings. So so, so (laughs) I cannot stress this enough. If we slip into that playoffs in that seventh spot, we can beat the Vikings. They are not good. They are they are worse than us. I I do not care what their records say. I know they have like a team of destiny vibe going for them. They are not better than us. It is not. It's the only team
1: in the NFC playoff picture I have zero fear of. At all. So that really, dog took the, responsibility for the negative run, saying that he was running <clears throat> left and right a little bit too much. He But I we agree. also have all watched this offensive line. What yeah. do you think is the bigger culprit, the blocking or the Both. decisions the running backs making? Both. I think
0: Kenneth Walker is. um He's he, there was a little into more indecisiveness in his running mm-hmm. in this game than I've than we've seen from him in the past. And I don't know what that's about. If that's just a uh, He's been getting killed behind the last scrimmage a lot, and so he's like, he's trying to stay patient. Or if it's just, uh, I think it's wearing on him. Like
2: for me, I think it's more offensive line, and it's it's a matter of gelling. It's a matter of the middle of our line. Um, Kenneth Walker, I think, is a back of formula, as you can see. Well, speak, early in this speaking
0: season. of gel, speaking of gelling, Eric, I mean that's part of the problem is that this line has no chance to gel because every drive the offensive line changes. I I cannot stay. I mean, it is just so weird. Gabe Jackson played forty three snaps in this game, and then we had uh, was
1: Stone Forsyth in for? Uh, did Lucas get hurt or did he? They just yes, bring him Lucas, in. Okay, Lucas got hurt. Because if and they were rotating Phil, through, that's dumb. I was Phil really hoping that played,
0: was the case. Phil Hands played thirty three snaps. I mean, it's just, I I don't understand it at all. Like they've been doing this for weeks and weeks and weeks now, and I just it doesn't make any any sense to me. Uh, so yeah, and it doesn't Abraham, Lucas either. Abraham Lucas has a knee issue, he reaggravated. Carol said he was going to get some imaging done, but it, it's a patellar tendon thing.
1: <laughs> Which, oh
0: dear, his leg like, <laughs> fell off. Uh, um, kind of bothered it, popped up again. His elbow is fine. Uh, they don't, it, um, I did not look at the practice report today. I could look it up right now, I could go it to it. Was uh, not out when uh, I was finishing my podcast I can go to I can go to Bob Condota's Twitter and see what it what it says but 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 yeah the um it's it's tough it's yeah, tough a- to Abe uh,
2: Lucas maybe uh bachelor tenant thing could mean he's out for this hey, next season by, by by the way you guys
0: you guys want to hear, hear a weird jets fact sure. They're starting they're starting offensive tackles are former Seahawks Dwayne Brown and George Fant they will be backed up this week by former Seahawks Cedric Agbui. Yeah, <laughs> ultimate ultimate offensive tackle revenge game.
2: Yeah, that, I they. I don't know. They can't revenge themselves. How are they
0: going <laughs> to? Okay, so yeah, and then Disley's hurt. Uh, it, it and he went on IR, so he's done. That sees his season is over. Um, Sad. so.
2: Yep. But yes. expected. Honestly. I mean, I did not yeah. he was healthy for most of the season. That's
1: he set
0: career highs in every
1: receiving category too. It's great, I mean, he
0: had a great season. 34 for 349 and three touchdowns, some good blocking. Like he had a solid season, especially the way that we don't put any of those guys on the field for enough snaps to like really stack up the stats, you know? Yeah. Like what? Parkinson played like thirty one snaps, Disley played like twenty eight, and uh Fant played uh, the 42, yeah. None of those guys are getting, uh, you know, the 76 snap burn like a guy like Travis Kelsey, who plays basically every snap for for Kansas City. That's just not what we do. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Um. But so oh, this is so hard. To, to, okay. So we talked. So about so we talked talk about Gino. Okay. But we'll go back to Gino. Okay. Has Gino been doing us a seek? Has he been sneakily doing us a favor? Lowering his own price. <laughs> cause, cause I do feel like over the last three weeks and if this continues, like if he doesn't turn it around and really like win us, you know, one or two games at the end here, uh, has he played his way down from like 35 to 25 million a year? Mm-hmm. Like, is that, is that really a thing? I feel like that's really happened here. Like he's going to have a hard time commanding 35 in the free agency market. Now, how many teams are going to really want a quarterback that, that of like Geno Smith? Like what are the what are the what potential Geno Smith landing spots? San Francisco, New York. Like there's there's not that many, in my opinion, that just feel like that's a. So yeah, that's, I don't think you that's want why to go back to New York,
2: and I don't think San Francisco is a realistic landing spot.
0: Um, him going back to the Jets would be kind of a, like a, just a really weird. That'd Be
1: so uh, weird.
0: So, he would be a, 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 basically writing back. The, pro, the prodigal the prodigal son returns situation for sure. Uh, that'd be kind of neat though i mean from a storyline standpoint that's fun i don't want it to happen because i do want us to get gino back i don't think he'll be crazy expensive it just doesn't it just doesn't feel that way to me i mean the jets are the team probably the team we're competing against the most they can also go after jimmy g a guy that they know knows their system so
1: and if it ends up being in the 30 million neighborhood i think that's a reasonable price to pay for gino smith like franchise tag is 31 and a half a season if it comes in right around that that's fine
0: all right. Um, run game. We talked about a little
1: bit. Offensive line we talked about. Oh, man. Laquan Treadwell needs to learn how to block. I just need yeah. to put that out there from the receiving standpoint. DK and, did and, as well as he could, but and, like Treadwell was notably out of position on quite a few things, and I, Goodwin did not have good chemistry with Gino this game.
0: I mean, Laquan Treadwell has been there's a reason he has bounced around the league for what is it like now, seven, ten, seven eight years, because he has a lot of talent, but he's not Totally understanding what to do on a football field, and that's just who Laquan Treadwell is. And it sucks that we have to use him as our number two wide receiver right now. Um, Goodwin going zero for four on four targets and dropping a pass is, is not my favorite either.
1: Yeah. Well, and that interception sub. was a clear miscommunication. I uh, either Goodwin run, ran the wrong route, or it was an option route, and Gino mm-hmm. and Goodwin uh, read it opposite. Yeah, because he was doing like. I don't know, like a, a like a, a, sideline, like I don't know, a dig route or something, was kind of what was thrown, or an out rush, a, a short out route, um, and Gino threw like an end zone fade. Yeah,
0: DJ, DJ Dallas ended up with six catches on six attempts or six pass attempts. Uh, most of it, like pretty close to the line of scrimmage. I liked seeing Gino take the dump offs actually. Um, and just just taking DJ and letting him run for five or six yards after the catch, I'm yeah, t- t- I'm totally cool with that. That is perfectly fine with me. Uh, uh, those I, the I'm kind of thing that Gino need the kind of thing that Gino needed needs to be doing when the when the pressure's on. That is a nice safety valve that he needs to take. Uh, they only blitzed four times in this Wait, game. Do you think that G- was a safety valve thing, or do you think that was
2: part of the game plan? Because that's it's... that's my problem here. Is do you notice how we don't do that and Russell didn't do that? I think that here it was part of the game plan, and when we follow a different game plan, the dink and dunks aren't there because they're they're worrying about
0: sticking to the game plan. I don't know if this is accurate. It's just something that occurred to me during the game. So one thing I noticed, Eric, is that um, they only blitzed on nine percent of the dropbacks, which is pretty low. Um, Very low for attempts. Them. Four pass attempts, fifteen yards per attempt. When they blitzed, Geno got got off. They did. A, he did a good job finding finding that open receiver, you know, cuz usually when they blitz you can find a guy. Um but that he was under pressure on 32% of his dropbacks, 31.8 uh and was not good under pressure, not that good. And so uh 9 for 12, but only 48 yards, 4 yards per attempt, which is pretty uh um it's not good. <laughs> so so the thing for me is that like they were just they were just getting after the passer. They were able to find pressure and mostly with four guys. And we've talked Chris about Jones this for years. Jones had 9 pressures. When you get pressure with four guys, that's the gold standard. Oh yeah, that's that's what you want. If an i in an ideal world, you know you you can't you can get crushed with four guys. The thing is, they weren't even getting pressure with four guys. Like Kevin just said, they're getting pressure with one guy. I mean, half of their pressures came from one dude. And like, I just don't understand how you can't make a game plan, put together a game plan that helps you slow down Chris Jones. So many times, um, there's a couple things that I'm noticing as I watch these, rewatch these games. Number one, these tight ends when they chip, they don't do anything. Okay, like almost all of them, even Disley, when they go to chip, uh, 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 the offense. Our line, chipping
1: technique is not good,
0: and and also the guards when they chip don't do anything. Yeah. So like there was a play in the middle of the game where Chris Jones just instantly was in the backfield, and it's like, yeah, well, I mean if you look at the watch the play again the left guard here which damian lewis damian lewis is supposed to chip this guy and then move to his receiver which will give charles cross time to get over but damian lewis barely touches him and then chris jones is is already gone what's charles cross supposed to do he's not superman he can't move move over like that it's um it's like when when you played football you know and they told you if that guy can get over to this side of the field from the left side he's superman you know and like it makes Chris Jones looks like Superman because there, there's no time for Chris Jones. There's no time for Charles Cross to get over there because the chipping technique is just so poor. And I don't understand how it's something that's so fundamental to just playing football is just making it so di- it's making it so much more difficult. I don't know if it's that they're tired, you know, like their conditioning's not good. Are is it laziness? Is it, is it just not mm. understanding the technique? Are we really in year five? Is it year five of Damian Lewis or year four? Year four, year four. of Damian four. Lewis? And he's still just not totally getting it? Like, is that really what's happening though? It just seems that way to me. And it's very it's very frustrating and difficult to watch. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know anymore. That's that's kind of where I'm at. I just don't I just don't know. Uh it's it's hard. We're really struggling oh, with wow. the defense. Where he's only year he? really?
1: 3? Yeah, 2020 draft. Huh.
0: Hmm. All right, well, either way. Still, either way, uh, either think, way, I feel like he should be understanding what he's uh, he...
1: I think there's a duality of problems here because the other thing is uh as much as the staff keeps praising Austin Blythe for the way that he's um like calling out what the protection scheme should be and all those things, what I consistently see is he'll slide one way And not really be needed in that direction. And then the guard on the other direction will be getting actively overwhelmed. And then,
0: oh, does it, does it, does it suck too that the, the guy he's playing, so he's playing poorly and then the guy he's playing next to is changing every drive. And then the guy next to that guy's a rookie. Do you think that's helpful?
1: It doesn't seem very helpful. I, <laughs> yeah. It's not how I would. Sorry, I, sorry.
0: I, fin- I finished the craft cocktail, so it's starting to get, it's starting to get, I'm starting to get a little, uh, a little, little saucy yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, I just can't,
0: it's just frustrating. I feel like we're setting ourselves up to fail and I don't, I don't understand why I don't understand pick who's playing better. Gabe Jackson or, or Phil Haynes always compete. Someone is competing better. Okay, you don't need to respect the veteran, and you don't need to give the rookie if time. Or if those things are matter to you, then give them the time. But offensive line continuity is a very important element to good offensive line play, and we are intentionally not doing that. It is ridiculous. Okay, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine even doing doing that at any level. Like being like, oh, I we're just going to rotate in offensive linemen. Those guys need to communicate. That is. The main part of the job.
1: One Um, more thing. Uh, So the frustrating thing here is Phil Haynes is in his fifth season. He is 27 years old. And I am still seeing some like young player mistakes. Like it's one of those like, oh, he's the future. He's only four years younger than Gabe Jackson. He's one draft class. He's like one rookie contract younger. So clearly this shows that we messed up on right guard.
0: he's been he's been hurt for so long so many times too his development is completely shot in my opinion at least. so okay um let's get to let's get to the defense coolest I wrote one note for defense okay this is the only note <laughs> I wrote. you guys can fill in the rest. I wrote this Patrick Mahomes tried to wreak woolen once <laughs> and then was like, Nah, I'm good. I'm not, not again. <laughs> he tried Tariq Woolen one time and then was like, mm, I'm, I'm good actually. Let's- That's
1: funny. I have a note on the exact same play. That note <laughs> says Tariq Woolen has so much catch up speed, he is in danger of overrunning a play. I mean, that, I mean, that would have Justin been an interception if he wasn't if if the throw if like yeah. if the throw was to a faster receiver he would have intercepted yeah, it. Instead, he had to reach thing. back to break it up because it he Justin overran Watson. it. Yeah, Justin Watson, <laughs> that was uh, gross. Problem. Like, but
0: yeah, he, he he tried Tariq once and was like, ah, "I'll find somewhere, I'll find somewhere else to to throw the ball." And um, Happy he found enough are places right, yeah. to sorry, throw the Tabor. <laughs> They kind of yeah. moved. Yeah, sorry, Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks covering tra- Travis Kelsey, man. We just don't have an answer for a player like that without Ryan Neal. It, it, it hurt. A, it hurt a lot that Ryan Neal was out. Yes, like that. That was going to be difficult. He is our best player uh, on defense. He is the number one rated Pro Football Focus sh- safety on the season. Uh, profile, fo- even though Pro Football Focus rating sucks, I agree. I know you're saying it to the to your car radio right now. They might watch every play, but <laughs> but but I mean, it is a nice, quick and dirty way to. To uh to and it confirms my priors, which is my prior was Ryan Neal's good. And then PFF rating says he's the best safety in the league. And I don't have a reason to disagree. He's basically right now, he's playing as Jamal Adams who can't pass rush, which is like an awesome football player. So yeah, he would have been great against Kelsey, gumming him up and, and making his life difficult, but we just didn't have that in this game. Instead, we were throwing Jonathan Abram at Kelsey, we were throwing Tease Tabor at Kelsey, like we had these big Big kind of safety types, but the and we threw Jordan Brooks at Kelsey, and um every time that happened, uh Travis Kelsey got like thirty yards, and yeah, I'm just not happy. Turns yeah. out that's bad. Yeah, you can't. You just <sighs> Jordan Brooks. Should we have a convert Jordan Brooks conversation? Is this the time? We what can. would you like to say? What What do we think? Well, year two, year one, obviously. At the end of year one, we were over the moon. Jordan Brooks was a great draft pick. Jordan Brooks is better than Patrick Queen. This team has found the next Bobby Wagner. We have now seen 15 weeks of Jordan Brooks, and I think our opinions have probably changed quite a bit. Eric, what do you think about Jordan Brooks right now?
2: Much too early to give up on Jordan Brooks. He's not what we thought. He's not not what he was last year. Having said that, I don't think that he can't be that player again. If his max ability is what he gave us last year, I think he can get back to us. Players do have sophomore slumps. People do adjust to players in the league. And I think that this is where it's, uh, you know, it's a big learning experience for Jordan Brooks. I'm not worried about him going forward in future years, believe it or not. I'm I'm okay with it. I'm like, all right, he, he has a chance to get
0: better. I think he will. At the end. I mean, for me, Jordan Brooks still has 157 tackles he's still cleaning up a ton of plays. Um, he's being asked to carry a defense and I just maybe that is not something he's capable of. It's Jordan Brooks might be the kind of player who is great in a good defense but cannot but once the defense starts to fall apart, he will fall apart with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. As the as the engine goes, so goes uh Jordan Brooks. Uh, Kevin, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think he's being exposed for some of his weaknesses in coverage, um, this year because they're asking him to do a lot of things that are just not his strength. Like he's best playing closer to the line of scrimmage. He's being asked to, um, you know, follow tight ends across the entire field. He's being asked to, uh, uh, to sometimes work as like the hook defender in zone coverage, which is something that's pretty challenging. And the other piece of it is he has to cover a lot of ground in run coverage just because we don't have that many people that are reliable tacklers. So I, I do that think was, this that, is more that of... was
0: that was the kindest thing anyone has said about our <laughs> tackling this year. By
1: the way, we have a lot of people who yeah. suck at tackling, and so um, as a result, it is making it. Yeah, it's it's the whole when you have a it, Earl Thomas's coverage grades were always low because Earl Thomas would be able to get in position to cover things that a human shouldn't be able to do. And they'd be like, Oh, well he didn't intercept that ball, but he was right there. And it's like, yeah, that's because he just ran across the entire field just to be there. And that takes a lot of energy. So another safety wouldn't have gotten graded down for that because they wouldn't have been able to run across the entire field to be there. Jordan Brooks is getting graded down on things in his run coverage, Um, And is tackling because if there's a second person there to help finish the tackle, or if there's somebody who can help maintain a gap responsibility with him, then he's able to be part of finishing more plays instead of just being someone who's getting kind of edged out. It's he can't do it all by himself. He's, he's not a top three linebacker in the NFL. He's a quality starter. So, The other thing
0: I want to before we uh, we wrap up this game, uh, special
1: teams still good. The
0: uh, (laughs) if you would have told me before this game that, hey, the Chiefs we're going to hold the chiefs to 24 points. We're going to outpossess them 35 to 24 and we're going to have 19 first downs to their 14. I would have been like, dang, that game was probably a close loss. You know, we got our ass beat. So 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 like it just goes to show how important like you got to you cannot give up big plays. We gave up most of the big plays in this game. Uh, the toxic differential plays, and you have to create a few big plays yourself if you're really gonna to beat a team like the Chiefs. You can't just like try to hold parity with a team that's the talent gap is too big for us to try to hold parity with a team like Kansas City like the way we did. And he was just tried aggressive, st- and I think he knew that we just didn't do it. Two of fourteen on third down. I mean, that's where the game is lost, right? Yep. Like, I mean, it's 100%. That's where the game is lost. Two of 14 on third down. They went for it on six fourth downs. Like, they stayed aggressive. They knew they had to be aggressive to win, and we just couldn't quite get there. It's It sucks. It's, and the reason was we couldn't block Chris Jones. You know, it was it was like a those things were very related to each other. So at the end of the day, um, I think it's a good performance. It's a, We're a young team. We're a growing team. I don't think, I think this is a performance that the Seahawks will have a lot of things that they can look at and grow from. And they'll have a lot of things they can look at and, uh, and like, uh, and point to and say, that's good. These are good things we do. Throw to DK. Kenneth Walker really got going in the second half, stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, any, any other comments about the last game before we move on to the JETS Jets, Jets, Jets?
2: Oh, nothing. No, uh, I, I love
0: it. Did you watch the Jets game last week? They kept cutting to the um that fireman guy. Oh, I hate, they uh, always do that. The I hate that guy. Yeah, and uh, they kept cutting fans, to fireman. Get me started. Yeah, he's a super fan, and they kept cutting to that guy, and he just looks sadder and sadder every time they cut to him. <laughs> the, yeah. the Jets did not have a good game last week. With Zach Wilson uh, losing nineteen to three to the Jags? Uh, ESPN power Rankings: 16th and 17th. Most teams have these teams very, these two teams very closely ranked together. And the records reflect that they're both seven and eight. This game takes place in Seattle. Seems like two teams both trending down and out of the playoffs. One of these teams can keep their dim
1: playoff hopes alive this week. Kevin, who do you think it'll be? I think that, um, I think that there should be a slight favorite towards Seattle. Uh, Seattle's playing at home. Um, Seattle's defense is actually a pretty good matchup for what the Jets want to do. And the big thing is the Jets ailing offensive line is going to be a problem. Uh, This is the kind of offensive line that we should actually be able to get a good amount of pressure against. And that's something that's worrisome for their passing game, because if Mike White gets hurt, then it's the Joe Flacco show. Joe Flacco revenge game. I mean, let's not. Here's the thing. People
0: people love the Mike the Mike White story. And he has not been bad. Don't get me wrong. But has he, has Mike White really been great? No, he's just been I, better than he has any right In In the first game, I would say yes. 78.6% completion percentage. He had 315 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. But against the fraudulent Minnesota Vikings, he attempted 57 passes and only completed 54% of them and threw two picks. And then against Buffalo, 40, 40, 27 for 44. And you, might the records would be like? Well, he should. They should. He should be batting against Minnesota and Buffalo. But, I mean, at Seattle, what is he going to be closer to? Is he going to be closer to the at Minnesota Mike White, or is he being closer to the at home versus the Bears Mike White? They put, could not have thrown him a bigger softball in that first week. And I don't think that Mike White is very good. He's just gonna, not. Sorry for not buying into the Mike White hype. He's just not that good. <laughs> no apology needed. I mean, this is a guy that. Kevin
2: had a a good time making fun of last season and it wasn't like ill warranted. This is, this is not something where it's like, Oh man, he's coming in and going to fix the jets. It was kind of luck. And now he's, he's a reasonable
1: backup quarterback. He's
0: he's not going to be, he's just not going to be good. It's, we have a good shot to, to beat Mike white. Mike White is the guy, the kind of guy that, that we can beat up. We we can, we can really make it. The worst part about playing for the jets was the dementors. (laughs) Um, and they make they make
2: you eat your own hair
0: um a few other things about the the jets okay let's go let's go uh let's go to to the jets kevin what do you think what about what about the jets defense how does their defense because this defense is ascendant and it lines up pretty good uh to what the strengths of the seahawks right like it's it's going to be strength against strength or strength against weakness uh so
1: so, yeah uh, who is their who is their best player (laughs) Uh, their best player is Quentin Williams in the middle, um, yeah, who's yeah. going to be a problem. He uses this. You guys should
0: Google this, uh, Quentin Williams forklift technique, because I'm pretty sure he's hmm. going to use it against because Austin. He's the Blythe. size of a forklift, uh, and 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 he he basically just, uh, yeah. I mean, he uses this like if people are calling it the forklift rip, and uh, yeah, he just like I don't know any other way to put it, dude. But he just like off balances the guy by doing like a forklift motion kind of forward and then he's just past them and he doesn't even have to change really his trajectory because he's so big and so strong and it just the way he moves his arms it turns the offensive lineman it's really cool uh it's it's super unique i've not seen like a a ton of uh i not i haven't seen a ton of um other guys doing stuff like this like they can't dominate in the way Quentin Williams says. Thirteen interior sacks. Uh, this guy's going to be a problem. If you thought Chris Jones was a problem last week, well, buckle up Buttercup, because we got Quentin Williams is coming to town. This is their the strength of their defense lines up very nicely with what we do. The literal um, cannot,
1: strength of their defense.
0: Yeah, Exactly. And I cannot I can I cannot wait to see Sauce Gardner against DK Metcalf. That should be an absolute blast. Another blast should be Garrett Wilson if they line him up against uh, our boy Tariq Woolen, that should be really fun too. Um that's those, those are both going to be great great battles uh between good young football players.
2: What do you guys Look, have for sacks this game? Like how many sacks do we give up? And no how many sacks do we get? We don't get a lot of sacks.
0: Oh, per how game. many sacks?
2: Like Kevin, I agree sacks? with what Kevin said, it's going to be a bad day for their offensive line. Uh, uh one that I would put against ours for Probably
0: like, know, f- probably like four.
2: I'm going to go 4. Okay.
0: Their team gets three, four. Their team gets a lot of sacks. I'm just going to throw that out there too. Is that they're I think PFF charts sacks differently. They don't do half sacks. You just get a sack or you don't. If you combine on a sack, you both get one. Uh, We have 36 and they have 50, so that kind of gives you an idea of the difference uh, in sack numbers between the two teams. So yeah, but I I could say I could say I'm I'm pretty confident we're going to get like three or four.
1: Yeah yeah, I think uh, I think Chenny Goldjacket should have himself a couple of sacks on the game. I think we might get uh, an interior sack as well. um uh, Connor McGovern their center. Uh, he's reliably good, but he's susceptible to kind of whiff plays. Um if I remember correctly, I have to think back to a scouting report, but I think uh, he has some difficulties on uh, um balance. And he can, one of those guys who can get off balance and just kind of miss a block completely. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm not the the jets offense in general is, um, is as disappointing as, as our, um, our defenses. They're, they're kind of having an opposite problem that we are. So, yeah, I I w I wouldn't sweat their, uh, their offense so much. I mean, Who's their best player? Like Elijah Vera Tucker on, on the offensive line. On the
1: offensive line, uh, yeah, and I he's, think
0: he's, he, Is he is he out for season? Uh, like, they're missing both their tackles, so yeah. yeah I'll say he's only appeared in seven games, so I am pretty sure that he's gone. So yeah, that's just we we have a it's a good matchup for us. So yeah i i like I like it. All right, let's get to the uh, the money zone. So there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. And for as little as $1.24 a month, join the Discord. Come talk to us. Uh, see me at my best and worst. <laughs> Thank you to those who support the show. Manuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, do it all for the 2G, Evan, Flockton, Gavin, Greta, James, Jost, Joshua, Lucas, Raddad, Nikki C, Ryan, Timothy, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, David, Foles, Jay, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Brandon, and Nick. All right, and um, we're going to take a short break and we will be back with the movie club. All right, so now we are ready to do a, uh, a movie club that's been a while in the making. Uh, I know we said Glass Onion coming. Watch it because it's coming soon. It's not this week, but it's coming soon. Could be next week, could be the following week, depending on if we can get everyone to watch it. I tried to watch it last night and uh, my daughter had other <laughs>
1: plans. Like a, a regular Onion, your movie watch experiences have layers. Oh my gosh! It's so. I want to
0: watch it in one sitting too. That's the thing. So it's like I need to make. I gotta make sure the kids are like asleep in bed and staying asleep. Um, but I mean, I'm so excited to watch De Batista in this movie. Like that's what I'm most excited about. Is that Batista's in this movie? Check his acting range. Yeah, Batista is the greatest uh, wrestler actor of all time. You got, uh, yep. What's, Hulk Hogan fine. would
2: disagree. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Shut,
0: <laughs> shut up. I I thought you were going to say I you going to say John Cena who's number 2, I think. I'm not even putting the Rock number 2. Rock's number 3. He plays just he just plays the Rock. He's the Vince Vaughn of wrestling actors and it's a great character, just like Vince Vaughn. He's doing a great job. So who are we but calling
1: the best wrestling actor?
0: Dave Batista.
1: Yeah, I agree. Also, he wears little teeny tiny glasses and it's the best.
0: Uh, okay. All right. Um, but we're going to talk about Home Alone. Uh, it's the holiday season. We've been watching our holiday movies. I rewatched Home Alone 1. I watched Home Alone 2 last year. So I've seen both these movies pretty recently. Um, one thing I love about Home Alone 1, okay, is that pretty much they ad- they kind of indirectly address... So one thing I looked for in the- this time when I watched the movie is like, man, how the heck did they forget this kid? You know what I mean? How... How did they forget the kid? I was like trying to like look for details, you know, like trying to see if it was just kind of like hand waved away or if they did. But man, like that scene where he spills the milk and then he sweeps Kevin's uh, passport into the trash with the with the spilled milk and stuff. That's they did a great job, like kind of explaining all the little things that led to Kevin accidentally getting left behind. The one thing, the one thing that bothered me, Okay. is that this idiot Kevin McAllister, his first reaction to to his family being gone isn't that they went to Paris without me. <laughs> it's that he made his family disappear. <laughs> what? Yeah.
2: Come on, they were Come so on, mean man. to him. They were so mean Come to him on, the Kev. night before, and he's a kid. He he's, he has no idea what's ahead of him. He's supposed is too,
1: to be like eight, right? Eight. That is too to old for that to be your first thought. Eight is too old for that. He's, too, that's, he's stupid. Oh, uh,
2: no, no, I think it's... He doesn't
0: understand responsibility. Dear great. sir,
1: as a teacher of eight and nine year old children. I'm telling you, man, that kid is I'm stupid. I'm telling like, you which kids in my head who I've had over the years who would have that ooh, like,
0: You you've had some. And, and Kevin speaking I'm as a latchkey kid.
1: That those kids are not
0: top of their class. <laughs> so you're saying what, what you are saying is Kevin is Kevin's uh, not doing so good in school. He needs some extra creative health.
1: writing score is high. Other scores less high.
0: Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. All right, um, Eric, Eric. I want to talk to you about this first in Home Alone One. Okay, we got Joe Pesci he comes in, got the gold tooth. That's that's another thing, like nice plot hole they filled in, which is that um, he sees him in the police. He sees Kevin sees him in the police uniform at the beginning of the movie, with, and he smiles with the gold tooth and got that big, uh, glint. ding, you know, and yep. it, yeah, exactly. Then later, Kevin tries to steal a toothbrush. And has a run in with the police, right? And when he sees, and when he sees Joe Pesci later, he's like, "Oh man, the police aren't going to help me. Like they're against me." It kind of fills in a gap, which is like, "Why doesn't Kevin just call the police immediately for me?" Which I
2: well, the phone lines were down as well, except um, at the neighbors. For some reason, at the end, that's why he has to take the zip
1: line.
0: That's yeah. Well, because they cut, they cut his phone. Oh Uh, my gosh, the zip line! All right, so. Here's my question though. As as McCall, I'm sorry. I was building up to a question for Eric. As we go through the movie, at what point uh, do you think you would have died uh, from the from the the uh, the traps that Kevin wait, was wait, setting? If, okay, so how how, how, what, how would traps?
1: you have died if you were the eight year old, or at what point would you have died if you were Marv?
0: If you're you, you're you, yeah. you're Kevin, you're Eric, and you have to go through the Home Alone traps. Okay, what trap? Like, what, because you know these guys are basically indestructible, right? Like these are indestructible. So I um I wrote I wrote down all the stuff that happens to them, and I just want to know, like, when would you when would you uh, die? Do you want me to do Harry or Marv? Harry, you can be Harry. Harry. Okay, I'll be. I, I like being Harry. Why not? Okay, so we he's shot in the groin with by a BB oof, gun. Oof. Are you out already? That's when you would mean, have given up.
1: But I mean, that's yeah, that's not the option you gave him.
0: That's not the option you right. gave me. Okay, I don't you know. You're, you gotta be like, you cannot go anywhere. Slips and falls on the ice covered steps approaching the front door. That's probably it. I mean, that's a heavy concussion. <laughs>
1: Eric, one <laughs> with my he knee. To get up, he would have thrown out his back,
0: thrown out my back, hurt my knee, concussion, game over. Starved to death. His right hand is severely burned when he places it on the searing hot doorknob. I've done that before uh, five years ago, making popcorn. His head gets burned by a blowtorch Wait,
1: when he opens the back door. Why were you using the doorknob door door.
2: to make a popcorn? Kevin, any port in the storm?
0: <laughs> uh, so so you're basically done, though. You're dead. You're dead already. Pretty much. I mean, it's... All right. I don't really know how else you would do it, right? Like, yeah, I, I thought you might survive a little longer, but that's fair. Kevin, you want me, you're Marv, okay? Okay. You get shot in the forehead with the BB gun.
1: Uh, I got a pretty thick head. I think I'd probably still be, like, alive.
0: Slips and tumbles down on his back to the ice-covered stairway entrance to the basement, falls on the ice, and gets hit in the head with a crowbar when he tries to get up.
1: I feel like that <laughs> probably would do it, but I mean, but let's guys assume, are in... let's assume that once again, like maybe I, maybe you're, maybe not, I, you're not surviving maybe the next one.
0: Gets hit in the face with an iron that falls down the laundry suit shoot after pulling a light switch attached to the iron. It leaves a massive iron shaped mark on his face. Yeah, no, hundred percent
1: dead. Like <laughs> that would have just brained him. Like, Dude, I just don't... it would have rammed the BB that was embedded in your forehead through into your brain, and you'd have died. I just feel like Marv and Harry are just indestructible in this movie. They are super soldiers. It turns out they were early prototypes it, yeah. of the super soldier serum.
0: <laughs> it's
1: just it's just it's just unreal. This how, is a secret MCU uh, prequel. This is how strong they're. How you can tell
2: by they make it back in the second and still don't die at the end of that one.
1: Uh, for as careful yeah. as they were about that first movie, do, the justification for everything in the second movie are thin.
0: Do you guys want to get you guys want to do a on 2 and see how far you can get? Oh. Okay, let's do it. All right. Uh, okay, so just I'll, I'll just do Harry. I won't do Harry and Mark. Okay, so you guys are well there. So you slipped on the pearls, dropped by Kevin. Okay, that's that's just a butt. That's that's a yeah. I, I would have been hurt, but like get get punched head. in the face by the model after Kevin creates a diversion by pinching her butt cheek. No, oh, that's the way to go. But still alive. <laughs> I
1: mean, I've been punched in the face, so I'm crying.
0: Crushes the roof of a parked car after flying from a seesaw
1: triggered by Marv. Now, this is. (laughs) I forgot about that. This
2: is assuming. This is assuming (laughs) the glass doesn't come
0: up and rupture an organ. What is the velocity
1: at which one is colliding with a roof in order to concave it?
0: Oh, yeah. This is going to hurt really pretty bad. I don't think you're. I don't think dead, though. All right, here we go. Tries to grab hold of the bottom rung of a fire escape that Kevin greased with monster sap soap, causing him to fall to the ground. And that thing is. I'm thinking that's like a it was it was medium high it was not it was like not a short I think it's like 10 to get. 12 feet 10 to 12 feet is a back a bag of tools falls on him when he kicks open the back door
1: he gets his dead. head burned
0: by a blowtorch again falls from a sod ladder yeah still probably not dead gets hit by a piece of sewer pipe and flung to a basement where he's hit again by the same pipe that's dead <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, because that was a pretty big fall down the stairs after the next. Brain the next one is
0: hundred percent gets crushed by a tool chest. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. That's especially with ones. everything else already happening. Uh, falls three stories when Kevin ignites the rope he was climbing down. Remember? Yeah, it's a, yeah, you, these guys are indestructible. They, they're the, it's their Terminators. I, I don't. It, that's the best part of the movies. I mean, these three
1: falls are problematic.
0: These two Terminators are coming after an eight-year-old kid, and he's got just enough while. And uh, and guile to uh to find his way out. It's these movies are great. They're super fun. Uh, I love them quite a lot. Uh, all right, let's go. Overall thoughts. Start with you, Eric. Home Alone One, Home Alone Two. What do you what do you what do you got for me? I mean, are you? I, I love them both. They're
2: different movies. Home Alone Two much less believable, still enjoyable. Only because I like I like the feeling of the movies. They're good holiday
0: movies. Mm-hmm. They're really they really are. they're really fun. This home loan two, so, so Alone two you said it's less believable
2: yeah I mean how how are you gonna move so one thing you didn't mention when you recapped home loan one and that's that not only do they you know put the the passport in the trash they put him upstairs the night before but they also do the count and there's a kid wearing like a stocking cap about Kevin's size uh, I believe from overboard from the movie overboard um he's a kid that goes bah, 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 bah. Um, you know, she counts him, <laughs> thus they think that he's
0: made it on here, but he hasn't. No, he hasn't. I so uh, here's the thing for me Home Alone One, better traps, uh, tighter, tighter plot, you know, a little tighter plot, but Home Alone Two, I mean, it has some genuinely good stuff
1: in it i don't care if i tim curry relationship is great i don't
0: care if i get the chair i'm gonna kill that kid (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like the the the, just the 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 the, the harry and marv just just rage and then um queen of the the birds
1: the sticky bandits
0: queen of the birds and lady who lives above the philharmonic orchestra being the same person like wow just just unreal and (laughs) I mean Marv gets like four bricks in the head. He's stapled in the crotch. Like this, these people, this movie. Wait, was Bird the, Lady a stealth tie-in to the John Wick universe? I I you gotta think. Um we'll see if she shows see, up in four, Kevin. I think this movie is like they're they're vicious. The traps this movie went from Home Alone one is like zany. And Home Alone 2 is like a soft prequel. It's it's like uh,
1: live-action Looney Tunes. He makes his death house. I'm pretty sure it's the same place they ended up using for the first Terrifier movie. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I mean, also, Home Alone 2... In Home Alone 1, Uncle Frank's a jerk. In Home Alone 2, he's a homophobe. So, like, he's even worse. So, like, I, I just, like, think, like, yeah, I mean... And it has the great line, you know, two scoops, sir, two, make it three, I'm not driving. Like, there's just, just <laughs> David Stern's, when he says, wow, what a hole. Daniel Stern, sorry. I mean, I don't know. I, I like, I, I think Home Alone One's a better movie. I probably won't try to argue that, but like Home Alone Two, I just enjoy it quite a lot. They're good that's, to have on the background, aren't they? That's all I'm going to say is like, I Home also two, feel like
1: Home Alone 2 is one of the last uh, of the whole over 1980s kids shouldn't be doing this. But we made a movie about a kid doing this movies like and those, like those really it, faded as the 90s went along. And this is still firmly in the grasp of that.
0: And the degree of d- difficulty making these movies is harder than you think because they remade Home Alone on Netflix and it sucked that that Home Alone, that new Home Alone is not good.
2: I couldn't even so, give it a try. I
0: mean, home alone three
1: wasn't good. So why would you think that the Netflix home alone might be good?
0: I don't know. I just turned it on and I thought like, okay, well there's some people in this movie that I don't hate. That's unless Macaulay not,
2: Culkin's coming back, man, it is that's not, not a
0: great, worth that is not a great reason to watch a movie. I understand. I like Rob Delaney also, but it's super bland. It's very boring. The jokes are not funny. Um, I mean, confirmed to me that Ellie Kemper is a, is a legacy kid. And so, so so (laughs) I just, just wanted to, it's, it's it's over now. I don't, I don't need to watch. I'm not gonna, not gonna go there anymore. So yeah, that don't, don't watch the, don't watch 2021 home alone. I think it's on Disney plus, right? Yes. They're all on Disney plus. Yeah. So don't, don't watch that. That's that, that's not good. Uh, all right. Any, anything else? I got a question for the group,
2: even though this might be a little too long. Uh, Looking how immature Kevin is and how manipulative buzz is. Are you team mm-hmm. Kevin or your team buzz? Because Kevin isn't without blaming this, but buzz is a jerk. These are, these are like the two sides of the coin for the movie. So who you got?
0: One thing I love about buzz is he has like small bit parts in a bunch of things over the years that are, and he's pretty solid. Like he was good in Nebraska. Um, blue he ruin. In, he's in blue ruin. He was in the tick show. Uh, like he, he's in Better Call Saul that one episode, of Better Call Saul. Like he's just in stuff every once in a while, and he's good. He's like super solid. become a good character actor. Yeah, he kind of shows up. He just kind of shows up and stuff, and does a good job. Uh And he did a good job in this movie too. For like a child, that's one thing I gotta respect about this movie is the child child actors. Kevin knows. Kevin always says this. Yeah, this a lot of child a, actors
1: suck. And yeah, they're
0: they they can ruin every scene they're in without just with watch very X-Men little Origins. trouble. <laughs> and the, the whole
1: intro to that is awful
0: and buzz buzz is good. And Macaulay Colkin is good. Like they do a good, they do a good job. I love Kevin's older sister when she gets in the car and she's rolling her eyes at the, at her mom and telling her like that she counted the, the kids or whatever. Um, that's why that's, she's not back in the sequel. No, she's in the second one. No, she is not. I just, I'm looking at the cast list right now. She's making Macal- the cow. Unless
2: the one who does the counting is not in the sequel. I'm telling you, unless it's a cut scene. She is not. in this Oh, movie. it's a
0: different. Am I thinking of the wrong the wrong sibling? They got 700 of them. So probably. Oh, OK, I could be. But but yeah, I just love that scene where she's she's counting the she counts like she's like five boys and four girls or whatever. And a partridge in so, a pear tree. Yeah. And
2: they're it's, like, guess so what? Fun. You it's your fault. We're not taking responsibility. My lights just flickered and you're not back for the sequel. My lights just flickered, too. So yeah, we should probably gonna,
0: call this. We should probably call it out. So, if you uh, talk about talk to us about Home Alone, Home Alone Two. I've so I wrote down more things, but that's kind of we'll just leave them for another day. We're out the group?
1: window, and it looks like next week we're doing Twister.
0: Yeah, see, see you guys next week. Go Hawks.